ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Finger Guns Podcast, episode four, I believe. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. episode four. I keep forgetting. I'm your host, Roscoe Keniston, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Greg Hicks. What's up? Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. And Mr. Paul Collett. Hi there. <laughs> 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 That was, hey. that, was, that, was, that was camper than I was expecting. I like it. Um, Colourful collar. Yeah. And yeah. As, I, as, as I live and breathe, all the way from Boston, our old friend from the PS Gamecast, Mr. Tim Utley is here. Beep, 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 beep. What's going on, guys? Nice. Oh, my goodness me. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. It's been a, it's been a minute, but I'm happy to be, you know... Back in the saddle with you guys. It's uh, it's like old times. So I'm, I'm stoked. Oh, man. It's great to have you on. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your insanely busy life. Uh, no worries, the, man. Uh, the, my, uh, my, my, my pleasure. Oh, what an honor. As ever, we'll be going through all the nerdy news from the week. Um, it's been a quite one in terms of video gameness. A couple of big announcements. So we'll go through in a one by one. But first off, as ever, we're going to power through with what we have been playing this week. So I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Greg Hicks. So, Greg Hicks, what have you been playing? This week, um, it's going to be short and sweet for me. I'm still playing Sekiro, um, and it's just become all-consuming. Um, I've spoken before about how good it is and how tough it is, and every time I think I'm making some good headway on it, it just becomes even harder. So that's been my week. I haven't broken my pad yet, but you know, what's the space? Um, yeah, not very exciting for me. Sorry, I'm just still plugging away at that. I know it's not very uh, varied from last week or the week before, but yeah. Still no, I mean, bashing away you, Sekiro. Uh, how are you in terms of progress? How are you getting on with it? Yeah, I'm getting there. I had a really good run of taking out some of the bosses uh, recently. It's it's sort of you, you seem to get stuck on one, and then you familiarize yourself with the patterns. And I took took me sort of ten attempts, one boss, smashed it, and then on a high, I went and took out another boss, took out another one, and because I was feeling cocky, I went to another one in the story and got my absolute ass kicked. <laughs> and that seems to be the formula for any Soulsborne Sekiro type game so yeah I've hit a rut again I'm doing that up and down thing of going yay this game's amazing boo I fucking hate it yay oh. so it's been a roller coaster. it's been an emotional <laughs> roller coaster. but that's yeah that's all I've been playing at the moment nice good I'm glad even though you have uh, code to use I don't at the moment do you not? no because we didn't get that other one that Zonky oh, that's true yeah, <laughs> cool me out. All right, okay, fine. I hold my hands up. I'm sorry. Um, you've got one coming this week, though, so that's very yes. Exciting. Yes, I will precedent that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett. Hello. What have you been playing this week? Well, um, like Greg, very short and sweet. Um, still plugging away at the Division Two. Um, I'm nearly at level thirty now, I believe. Awesome. Uh, yeah, um, so um, not much to tell really. Um, it's starting to get a little bit uh, of a of a drag now. I mean, I think the excitement of leveling up has sort of peaked now, about level twenty five, twenty six. So um, yeah, it's just the same old slog of going to places, shooting people, and dying lots. Um, but still, it's all good fun. Still better than the first game, and um, better than that game I was playing outward. So I'm quite happy. <laughs> have you have you finished uh, the story yet? Or division? Yeah. Uh, no, I'll, I'll tell you what. The easy way to uh, level up on division is just to keep doing all the um, 
settlements. If you do all the tasks in the settlements, you get a ton of XP, and then you can sort of level up well quick. And then, so I'm still only about halfway through the game technically, but I've been doing all the settlements and side missions and just leveling up. This is your OCD and to get into it. This is you being unable to actually finish the story until you've done That's exactly it, else. yeah. <laughs> the problem that you're going to have here is, though, because obviously like, you're going to get so overpowered by the time you actually get to the story, it's going to be a bit of a, you know, it's not going to be as challenging as you probably need it to be. Well, I think that's what I was hoping for, because... Oh, yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> just from the experience of the first Division game, you, you know how bullet spongy they were when you got like, to the higher levels. It was, it's just got like so so grindy, if you like. Um, so I'm just going to try and sort of power up, and then I can just like, go for the story. But you're right, OCD takes over. I can't have any Ubisoft map with a bazillion icons over it. I have to clear them all off, then I can do the story. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. We're all like that with Ubisoft maps, aren't we? We have to... Yes, I think so. Slowly pick at them one by one. Yeah. In a way, that's cool, though, man. Um, yeah. Um, I know I said it last week, but I will join you on there eventually. Yes, we should all join each other eventually and stream it, maybe. I will. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, man. I just I have a job now. I'm like a grown up now, so. Oh, grown up sucks, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> I find myself um, when I get home, I'm like, oh. So yeah, yeah, I'm not normally like that. I spent two years of my life sitting at home doing fuck all, and so I played lots of games. <laughs> um. But yeah, things have changed. But yeah, I yeah. will absolutely, um, absolutely, uh, definitely will because yeah, the division's made for more for multiple people, isn't it, to be played all together at once? Yeah. So yeah, th- um, it's uh, it's definitely one uh, to do. Mister Sean Davies. Um, so primarily, I I I basically can't tell you much about this game, but I've been playing God's Trigger. Um, it comes out on Tuesday this week, and it's pretty um, redacted. Redacted, can't say. Um, but I can't it's it's a lot like Hotline Miami um, and I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying this but I have a really good time with this game so um, yeah I've been playing that and I've also been playing The Padre which um, we mentioned last week on the podcast it's a Uh, did you get it running on uh, Steam alright then yeah yeah I got it running on PC okay I I actually my my laptop's a lot better than I thought it was going to be so um, it just plugged it in and away we went and it's i can't say anything about that until the 17th either um so yeah i've been playing games and can't talk about them cool cool i mean this <laughs> this, this pod will go live on the 17th so i don't know if we can I okay guess it depends on time what time is the embargo on monday um i can't remember Tuesday, sorry. um ah uh, uh, so like i don't i don't want to the padres mm, I don't want to say because if it does go up before the embargo. Um, oh, wait, remember. it's the 14th. I thought it was the, 5th, the 16th. Huh. No. Okay, fuck it. Okay, we can't talk about it then. Let's cut, <laughs> let's cut this little section out. <laughs> yeah, let's cut this whole bit out. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, Tim, what have you been playing, sir, in the last two years that uh, we haven't spoken? <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> well, I've, I've played everything. No, um, recently I've been playing uh, a lot of Resident Evil 2. Hey. Uh, yeah, so I beat I beat Leon's campaign um, straight up, and then not gonna lie, uh, recently they they released a piece of DLC where you can unlock all the in-game rewards. <laughs> so um, I've been playing Claire's campaign with uh, a infinite of uh, how was it infinite launcher. <laughs> uh, I was cha- uh, cha- sorry, gun. sorry, Tom. 
Um, yeah, so I've I just been kind of like, you know, I just want to kind of see the second second half of the story because, you know, it's been almost 20 years since I've played Resident Evil 2. So I'm just kind of like, I'm just here for the story. just want to see what happens. So I've been kind of barreling through her campaign with uh, l- little cheat codes. Um, but other than that, I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. Um, and then um, a lot of my friends at night, at least two or three times a week, we just jump on and play Gears 4. We play Horde mode. We're just trying to grind and unlock stuff. So, And then uh, I guess as of yesterday, I was playing a lot of uh, Absolute Drift Zen Edition. So just, yeah, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But, um, you know, just trying to clear out some stuff before uh, Days Gone comes out. Nice. Yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah, that's not that's not too far away now, is it? Was it 10 days away? Yeah, 26. Days away. Yeah. Oh, God. 16th again. It's not the 16th. It's the 14th. Oh, <laughs> I'm so stressed about the 16th. I don't know why. I can't remember. But um, nice. Greg's, uh, Greg was a, a huge champion of uh, Resident Evil 2. I was just about to say, um, it depends on... I was kind of wondering where Tim was going to go with that uh, DLC thing. Because if he was going to go, and it's completely cheap, as in negative cheap, I would have been not on the same side. Because I've done the same thing. I've bought that as well. Because to get the to get the infinite... I mean, I've, I did start doing a hardcore run, and it is really difficult. Um, and to get like the infinite weapons, you need to finish a hardcore run in like two and a half hours with less than three saves. All this kind of stuff, and I, I can't do it. Um, I'll, I'll happily admit that. Uh, so when I saw that this pack was available, I thought, well, why not? It's my three ninety nine. Um, there's no leaderboards that's going to affect that's going to make anyone call me out for cheating on it, and it's just a bit of fun. So I can now do the same, like the standard or the hardcore runs with uh, with a rocket launcher or a minigun, <laughs> and it adds it adds an element of fun to it. Everyone's like, everyone's complaining, going, oh, it takes with attention. Well, yes, of course it does. You're fully aware of that when you buy a minigun, but yeah, it's, it, it, it just it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's it's a quality of life thing, and you know, I, I think it was you know kudos to, to Capcom for realizing that that like there's people who will probably do their initial run on on the level, but you know, um, for me, and I think all of us, you know, like we're busy, we're adults. I don't have you know, 20 fucking hours to dedicate to going through and playing a game a million times to unlock shit. You know, Resident Evil 4, yeah, like, I unlocked all that stuff organically, but, you know, right now, like, yeah, I can spend five bucks and, and get this stuff and, and be able to enjoy the, the second part of a game and and not have to really worry about it. Yeah, it's good on them for recognizing that. So, yeah, yeah I'm right absolutely. there with you. It's, Do you guys it's, think this is a start of uh, Capcom re-releasing remade uh, older Resident Evil games, like hope fingers crossed, Resident Evil Four. Do you think that's going to happen? Oh, they won't do Resident Evil Four. That that game's been ported like a dozen times. I don't think I'm using hyperbole either. I think it has actually been ported like a dozen times. I don't oh, think yeah, they'll yeah, remake but, that. But yeah, but talking like a brand new remake, like Resident nah, Evil. No, I don't think they will. Oh, I think damn they'll... it. They'll aim for Nemesis because that's what the outcry is at the moment. That seems like yeah, logical. That's, but that's already a big Resident Evil, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Res- Resident Evil 4, just there is so much availability for it now. I don't think it's going to get a ground-up remake because it was the pinnacle. It, the, the only thing they've done with it is like they did with the Gears of War Ultimate Edition is just jazzed it up. I don't think they'll ever do a... Oh, that's disappointing. Uh, just go back and play the, the 10 million versions that are available now. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I mean, even just like Resident Evil 4, I think it's so like they ported it to PS2, then they ported it to Wii, then they ported it to 360, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, PC. PC, yeah. So, yep. yeah it, it's, PS4 games, they get like HD remakes or they just literally straight ports. I can't remember. They're like it's a, shiny jazz up ports. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. it's up res. It's, it's but interesting. I, I think, yeah. Sorry, go. On. No, I, I think one thing they could do is just in terms of just like the actual mechanics, because while Resident like Resi Four is over the shoulder, it still kind of has a little bit of like that tank mechanic where you have to actually stop yes. to aim. Yeah, yeah. If they were able to kind of migrate that control scheme to dual stick, um, I think that would be uh, definitely an upgrade to the game. I, I think the game in and of itself is borderline perfect um so I, I don't think it's really like resi 2 was just kind of it was in in much need of a of an upgrade uh, mm-hmm. visu- visually and um just mechanically so i, I think that's what kind of warranted it was, that was like kind of the the critical darling that needed like a true facelift because when they ported everything to gamecube back in the day um you know obviously we got remake which was absolutely fucking amazing but then they just ported two three code veronica yeah um so they didn't they didn't it was just they were straight ports um so i don't know interesting interesting. Uh, interesting interesting bit of a, a theory here is that resident evil 4 obviously it was going to be a gamecube exclusive wasn't it yeah and they announced and they and they announced the ps2 port like two weeks before it came out on the game on the gamecube which effectively tanked uh, like half the sales because everyone went well I'll just wait and get it on PS2 then stupid yeah because Capcom had five exclusives uh, planned for GameCube and yeah oh. they kind of let the cat out of the bag and said that oh yeah by the way Resident Evil 4 is coming to PS2 as well and everyone went oh alright well I'm not going to buy a GameCube now then twash <laughs> yeah um, yeah but you've also got to like that's that's a pretty small move on Capcom's part because you know lifetime sales for the it game doubled their healthy. sales yeah yeah of yeah. course so it's smart, smart. I know, but I imagine I imagine Nintendo was shaking their fists at them for quite a while, going "do." Yeah, it's the same as like <laughs> below. You know, this Xbox game that was announced alongside the Xbox as a exclusive, and then straight after the announcement, it was like we will eventually come to all the other platforms. Just, mm. just, just after, and the next box were like, "We've just put you on the fucking stage of the announcements of the Xbox One, <laughs> and you're announcing that you're not going to be an exclusive." <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. Shit. What about uh, what about Dino Crisis? Is that coming back? Oh, I hope so. Just the first two. We don't talk about the third one. <laughs> Just Have the first s- two. We don't Have talk s- about dinos in space because it was awful. <laughs> Sounds like a dodgy old eighties cartoon. Dinos <laughs> in space. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it it doesn't count. Fair enough. I, yes, it'd be nice to see the E three leak. No. So, some, somebody on Reddit um, posted a leak of the Xbox One. Now we all know this is fake. Yeah, I mean, there's of no course. way that there's there's no way that there's somebody written down the E3 presser for Xbox already. Um, but Dino Crisis is like the big thing that they've got in the the list, and you can imagine like that sent reset era into like meltdown. It's like, oh my god, just imagine the possibilities. Um, but you know, the fact that it's even in lists now, you can 
before we get to E3, there are going to be so many fakes of Dino Crisis remake. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. It's going to every other day. There's going to be a junior graphic designer pumping out some shit. It's going to be so bad. Because <laughs> that is that is the next game on the list, isn't it? You know, we've we've got Final Fantasy remake. We've got Resident Evil one and two. You know, we've got The Last Guardian eventually. You know, we these the, the, we are now down to Dino Crisis on the wish list. And that's where it's going to be this year. Just it's total fucking garbage from people trying to fake it. Is it is it higher than Jeepers though? <laughs> In that list. Oh, I'm a, what are we on? Twenty-seven minutes. Warhawk. I mean, you know, in terms I, I, of like yeah. mass mass mainstream audiences. <laughs> fuck Dino Crisis, man. Nobody wants that shit. You want you want Jeepers again. All I, all I want is a new dress at radio. Just fucking give me. Oh that. yeah. Oh, that, yes. Oh, dress at radio. Come on, Sega. Sort it out. Maybe a crazy taxi too, just for just for fun. Yeah, there's been interesting talk this uh, this weekend on um, on the old Twitter, like Mike Bithell and uh, Mark Rose from um, from the guys that made uh, Descenders, No More Robots. They've been talking about how they how they want a a new Crazy Taxi, but not Crazy Taxi, but with that same similar um, kind of style. And I don't know, it would be nice to see that that kind of uh, game again, because I don't think arcade racing, like quick quick play arcade racing, has never been bettered, in my no. opinion. It's strange, really, when you think about Sega and the catalogue of games they, they sit on, and how, you know they don't really do much with them, do they? I mean, it's only after decades we're getting a, a Streets of Rage uh, remake. I mean, they've got so many great titles yeah. that all they do is focus on Sonic. Uh, well, no, Sonic's great for you guys, or you especially, Ross. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> just like digging dig into their vaults and just like remake all to beast, not like they did on the PS2 or whatever it was, because that's terrible. But you know, what I mean? well, when was the yeah. last game we played all to beast? When oh, was, uh, was it PS3? Or was it um, <laughs> PS2? I can't remember that remake, terrible because, because seriously, though, like these these games aren't as good as we all think they are. Like, oh, all to beast is terrible. So I'm thinking Golden X, sorry. Fuck me. No, okay, Beast is terrible though. <laughs> it is, but, but when you when you was a kid, there's like about that thing that says "power up," and then you know, rise you from your grave. That's it. It kind of has a little certain thing to it. You know what I mean, it's great. Anyway. Well, the Mega Drive Mini's coming out. The Mega Drive Mini's coming oh, out. So, get one of them. I will. Do it. Sit nicely next to my Super Nintendo. It'd be like living in nineties again. <laughs> That's about as close as I think as we're going to get to a Golden Axe uh, full HD remaster. <laughs> and probably a good thing too, actually. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah. There's, I mean, there's so many games from our childhood that we'd love to play again. It's just a case of, um, you know, obviously there's money in it. You know, nostalgia is a is a very powerful thing. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe re- the Resident this year. Uh, sorry, the successive Resident Evil Two will. Uh, will kickstart some of these uh, classics returning in shiny forms. You never know. We like shiny. We do. Um, anyway, what is this? What, what we've been playing? Yeah, that's what, that's what we're currently doing. I guess it's up to me now, isn't it? Um, I can't talk about what I've been playing, as uh, same as Sean. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a very so, quick section, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this has been... <laughs> well, we managed to pad it out with a lot of Capcom talk, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I can't really uh, discuss because I've got an embargo for next week. Uh, but I've been playing uh, Katana Zero, and uh, oh my goodness me, I can't tell you anything about it. 
So uh, look out for the uh, look out for the embargoed uh, the the non-embargoed review uh, this week on seething with jealousy. Yeah, we'll buy a switch. No. I mean that's that that <laughs> that's that is if you want to play Devolver games, apparently nowadays you have to have a switch. <laughs> I really want to play my friend Pedro, but not for three hundred quid for the privilege. What's really annoying is like Sony had a an exclusivity deal with Devolver not too long ago. You know. We had Hotline Miami and Hotline Miami 2 where they didn't go to Xbox. And it was like, that was one of the primary reasons I was so so into PS4. Like, you know, the indie games were, they say indie games don't sell consoles, but I'll tell you what, I was one of the people that bought a console because of indie games. And then, you know, now now I've got to go out and buy a freaking Switch. You've got a Switch. No, my kids have got a Switch. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, let use it. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. If I put my friend, my my friend Pedro, on a switch that my kids can also access, I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, That's true. that ain't gonna go well. Well, there you go, Greg. That that is your answer, I'm afraid. Until it gets, uh, whenever that will be. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Katana Zero is good or bad. I don't. I have no idea. You know, who knows? I'll find out. I'll find that one there. You can you can read about it right now on our initial thoughts on the EGX articles that we did. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird that this is embargoed, but there you go. You can still read my impressions of the game on uh, on Bingy Guns right now. So yeah, sorry, Greg. It's bad times, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Bad news bears for Devolver's sudden complete love for the Switch and nothing else. Uh, right, man. Moving on then to oh, it's quiz time. Oh, here we go. <laughs> So, uh, we didn't have one last week due to um, all the EGX content, but Sean's Super Quiz is back, and we are once again going to test our gaming knowledge through his uh, through his infinite wisdom. And uh, that's why he's called the knowledge, because he knows all this shit, you know what I mean? So, we're going to cr- take another crack at it as well. So, Sean, it's over to you. Welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge! <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful yeah. soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> Thanks for the horns. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, welcome to a quiz. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, please feel free to play along uh, at home. There are 15 questions this week. I have made them. I've made some easy, some hard. Um, so we can hopefully get more than three because I know when when Tim played along, um, he, he didn't he didn't score well. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, Tim, I've got to apologise in in advance because one of these questions is very British, like very very British. That's fine. I, I've been there. We're good. And and and, and if, um, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. You you've been here. You have osmosed all of our knowledge because that's all it takes is one trip. If, um, if the question if the question is what is TJ Maxx called in London, then I know what it is. We're good. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh. Right. So, um, do you all all have? A piece of paper and a pen. Yes, sir. Ready, ready, ready to go. Okay, then. So, question one How many game BAFTAs were awarded to God of War at the 2019 awards ceremony? Fuck. Jesus. It, mother it, was, it was literally last week. So, it was literally yeah, I last can't week. remember like, the start of this conversation, so there's no <laughs> chance. Okay, just for Paul then, how many game BAFTAs were awarded to God of War at the 2019 <laughs> awards ceremony? This quiz is going to be on like Groundhog Day, you understand that, right? Yeah, okay. Just for Paul, how many game BAFTAs... <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, question two. Before releasing No Man's Sky, 
Hello Games created three side-scrolling racing games about which character? Oh. No, that's the incorrect oh. answer. Damn it. Um, <laughs> it's not, not moaning. No, it's definitely not moaning. Very cool games. They were very cool games. I know exactly what they are, but I can't Oh, oh no. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Oh, I'm going to tell you. Oh, somebody catch you out. Uh, what's the answer again? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... Question three, and I apologise for the easiness of this. Um, what type of animal is platforming game star Bubsy? Is this a trick question? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I just, I just really wanted to put in some easy questions this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's a bit too easy. Um, I love that when Paul knows a question, is it? Is it a trick question? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've nobody answered to this one. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to make all the, ads, the the questions really easy one week, just to trick Paul out. It just like doesn't write anything down because they think they're all trick questions. Um, okay, question four. In Uncharted Four, which PlayStation One game does Nathan Drake play? Oh, I know this one. Question I wasn't four. Very, I wasn't very good at it. No. It's amazing how hard that game actually is, isn't it? Really. Uncharted Four, yeah, it's a really hard game. It's a really hard game. Yeah. Really tough. Is it first party? Uh, yes. Alright, I'm still not going to get it right. Just figure it out, ask. Okay. Question five. In Mario 64, why did Princess Peach invite Mario to her castle? <laughs> to get some sweet puss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Princess P loves the D. Oh dear! I, I what? Oh, I, I can't. I can't. Mario monsters, couldn't it? Really? <laughs> okay. Um, now, now you've had a couple of easy questions. Um, straight in there. Okay. Question six: In biology, the SHH protein, which plays a key role in regulating vertebrate organogenesis, is named after which video game character? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> what the fuck kind of question is that? Right, you ready? I'm going to ask you again, okay? In biology, the SHH protein, which plays a key role in regulating vertebrate organogenesis, is named after which video game character? Can we get a clue? I do uh, actually know this one. He does know this one, I guess. Um, it's got to be a it's got to be a mega mega famous video game character. It's not going to be. It's not going to be like. Ruin, I tell you that. It's not. It's something to do with the spine being a bit wobbly. Is that? Is that right? What? Um, it's not. It's not Sully no? Drake, is it? No. Okay. Look, I'll give you one one clue. The the name is quite a big reflection of who it's named after. So I'll just repeat the question <laughs> one more time, so you can. The name. Re the name is relatable to the person. Yes. That's pretty okay. much what you just said. Yeah, but when when, when I tell you the answer, you're going to like, oh, it's dumb, dumb earth. So Oh, okay. I'm going to guess. In biology, the SHH protein, which plays a key role in regulating vertebrate organogenesis, is named after which video game character? Okay. How are you Question... doing now, Tim? <laughs> Tim? Oh, he's gone. 
I'm here. Lost him forever. No, no, I'm here. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think. Oh fuck. Oh dear. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Question seven. The nineteen ninety two puzzle platforming game Pushover was sponsored by which British crisp brand? Taken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The 1992 puzzle platforming game Pushover was sponsored by which British crisp band? Are you talking about the Ocean game? The Ocean software game? I am. On the Atari ST? I am. Hmm. The Atari ST? Oh, that was a computer, that was. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Tough one. Okay. Question eight. What is the name of Mario and Luigi's cousin who appears in Donkey Kong 3? <laughs> oh my god, what? silence. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Donkey fuck. Kong 3. Yes. What is the name of Mario and Luigi's cousin who appears in Donkey Kong 3? Shit. Y'all suck. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I did say some <laughs> of them were hard. <laughs> okay. Question nine. In the original Bioshock game, what phrase... Uh, say, let me start that again. In the original Bioshock game, what phrase does the character Frank Fontaine use to initiate mind control? Ah. I don't know. So... I do. Okay. Let me, let me. Question nine. In the original Bioshock game, what phrase does the character Frank Fontaine use to initiate mind control? Okay. Everyone got an answer, or even a remote close to the answer, I guess. Yes. Got it. Good to go. Right. Question ten. In the game Watch Dogs Two, what is yeah. the name of the masked member of DeadSec? Spunk bubble. <laughs> I don't know. Sp I can't fucking. I can't fucking stand what I'm What? <laughs> what that again? The mask. The what? The what? The what? Okay. Spunk master. Question ten in the game. In the game Watch Dogs Two, what is the name of the masked member of DeadSec? Coolio McEdgelord. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Dmx. A flannel twat. <laughs> You can really tell the people who haven't played the best game on this generation against the people that have played the game in this generation. Mm, well, I, last week I, I remember it was Marcus, but this guy I don't remember his name. There we go. Sean, do you remember at EGX last two week we saw, we, saw, uh, we saw a guy with really amazing cosplay of this guy? Yes, it was an amazing cosplay of this guy and the mask was lighting up and it's brilliant. He had a full working mask and everything. It was awesome. It was impressive. Okay, question 11. In Mortal Kombat, which character's name is inspired by the real names of the series' creators? Ooh, I know this one. Is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> so, question 11. In Mortal Kombat, which character's name is inspired by the real names of the series' creators? I think I knew this one. Righto. Question 12. 
The recurring Final Fantasy characters Biggs and Wedge are named after characters from which famous film series? Well, Biggs and Wedge, obviously. <laughs> hmm, I'm going to take a punt on this one. So the question is, the recurring Final Fantasy characters Biggs and Wedge, Biggs and Wedge are named <laughs> after characters from which famous film series? Biggs and Wedge show, isn't it? Okay. Question 13. What is the name of Commander Shepard's ship in the original Mass Effect game? But not the second one, because it gets blown up. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can I think we can get I've already kind of dropped a spoiler for Bioshock in this already, so you know, anything before the PS4 we kind of spoiled already. We've we've uh, we've gone past the statute of limitations. I think we're good. Yeah, I hope so, because you know, unless there's a HD collection coming along soon, I'm going to be really sore. So, question thirteen: What was the name of the Commander Shepard ship in the original Mass Effect game? Okay, question fourteen: Name any two of the three games that have sold more than one hundred million units. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Can I ask? Can I ask a clarifying question? Which one? Does this include pack-ins or bundled games? Um, units sold. So I'm gonna say probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just clarifying. So one of the three games. One. Uh, three games. Wait. What? Name. Name. Two of the three games. Two. Of the three games that have sold more than 100 million units. Okay. Thank you. And last question. In the game Destiny, which voice actor replaces Peter Drinklage as the voice of the protagonist's ghost? Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, what's his fucking name? <laughs> no, I was actually asking. asking I don't know. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. No, but let, let, let me just let you know, yeah. He's uh, he, a... yeah. Oh, it's um. Oh, wait, yo, yeah, I got it. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 been around the block a couple of times. I know it's a famous voice actor. But I can't think his name. It isn't that famous voice actor. It's the other famous voice actor. Oh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> oh, that was one blank. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That was all 15 questions. We shall be getting the answers later on in the cast. So if this is your first podcast and this is your first go at the quiz, then uh, we'll be back later with the answers. Well, I only answered 14 questions, so I think I missed one there. Damn. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, right, thank you, Sean. Pleasure as, as ever. As ever, what a privilege it is uh, to delve into your knowledge. Um, that sounded really strange. I might cut that out. <laughs> I love to delve into Sean's knowledge. Um, right, so let's go into some news. And I guess the big news this week was, of course, um, Star Wars Celebration is currently going on 
in uh, in America. I believe it's in Chicago this uh, this year. And um, there's lots of stuff being announced along with um, the title of the brand new movie, which we'll go into in a bit. First off, though, we are a gaming podcast. So there was the first CG full trailer for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the game that was announced at EA Play last year uh, with no... No pictures, no concept art, nothing. Just, hey, we're making a Star Wars game. So now they finally announced it at Star Wars Celebration, and it's looking pretty cool. And so, uh, who should I go to first? Um, Tim, what do you make of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? I'm pretty excited. You know, I, I was a huge fan of Force Unleashed, so I'm glad they're kind of going back to this kind of con- contained kind of side story. Um, but, you know we've seen EA's track record with, with, with the licensed property. So I'm going to be, you know, cautiously optimistic, but if they actually execute a really awesome single player, third person action adventure game, um, hundred percent all in it's coming out this year. So I, I definitely want it to be awesome. Um, I, I love respawn, love Titanfall, love apex. The, the pedigree of the studio is, is definitely, is there um let's just hope they, they get the resources and the backing they need to kind of execute on their vision and there's no, no last minute changes that compromise that and you know they, they layer in microtransactions or any other kind of like multiplayer bullshit so hopefully you know everything they've said thus far holds true but um if if they if they actually execute on their actual vision as a studio i think the game's going to be uh, brilliant i i the trailer was uh, like Ross, you and I talked before the show. I, I've watched it probably five to ten times at this point. Um, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm riding, I'm riding a high, uh, and I, I hope the momentum continues to build. And when it comes out, it actually, you know, meets all our expectations. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it does look like something that we can really get stuck into, um, which I think hasn't been the case for Battlefront One and Two. Um, so yeah, it does look quite exciting. Sean, what do you think? Um, I'm incredibly impressed, to be honest. I didn't know what to expect because I don't think anyone knew what to expect, really. On on the day of the announcement, I a couple of days beforehand, I tweeted out to say, has anybody got any predictions about what genre this game is going to be? And I got 13 different responses. So I don't think anyone really knew what, what this game was going to be, um, especially as soon as though, you know, Visceral and their whole, you know, Amy Hennig's, Star Wars game was very much in the same wheelhouse as what Respawn have revealed. Um, and the fact that um, Visceral's was cancelled and originally tried to be repurposed into a games as a service, um, that kind of says to me that EA were quite confident in what Respawn were putting together. Um, that they made a judgment call on which one should proceed further. And obviously they're writing the checks, so they're going to write the one on. They're going to write the check for the one that they think is most likely to succeed. And you know, Respawn are really on fire at the minute, so I am pleasantly surprised um, that it has kind of changed a lot of opinions about the whole EA publisher deal. Um, really, it's all good. the on, The only criticism that I've seen banded around, which I kind of agree with, is the whole playing as a white guy in Star Wars thing. So, you know, the main character, fair enough. They've gone for a very safe choice, a very um, Mark Hamill, you know, New Hope kind of look. Um, But 
you know, I understand why they've gone with that. They could have, you know, they, they are being criticised for not having a diverse main character, having a woman or a person of colour or something else. You know, you could have had an alien, for God's sake. You could have an eight-armed eight squid thing as the main character in this game. But they didn't. They went for a very safe bet. And I think that's probably based on the way that EA's relationship is with Disney and the Star Wars license these days. Play it really safe. But say, I'm, I'm really excited and I can't wait to see what happens. And see what is actually inside this game. That is an interesting point. It's not something I've, I really consider. Maybe I should have um, during the reveal. I don't know. But um, I mean, I guess they, they just wrote a... I don't know. I'm not going to try and delve into it. It's not really my place to... But, um, Greg, Jenna Ford and Order, how are you feeling about it? I hope it can be as good as the expectations were for 1313. Because I was really looking forward to that and it got cancelled. And then Amy Henning's untitled one got cancelled. So I've got the hope for it. A new hope for it, if you will. Um, uh. I just don't want to get my hopes up until we've got a solid, concrete evidence of a strong game in there. I. I I've been bit, you know, once bitten, twice shy. I, I'm reserving judgment until I see something that makes me go, yay! Not that I'm, not that I'm not interested in it. I just don't want to get my hopes up again. No, that's fair enough. I mean, there's still very, there's still a lot that's not known about this. Um, the lack of uh, gameplay was a bit of a sticking point for some people. Um, I guess that's been safe for E3 for EA Play. Uh, one can assume. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that uh, at least it's 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 keeping people optimistic despite the uh, the history of EA and Star Wars. Um, I thought I'd leave it to last, Paul. with trepidation. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. That's fair enough. Uh, Paul. Hello. How do you feel about this new Star Wars game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I saw the trailer yesterday uh, live and I was like, oh, I didn't really get excited for it. Um um, when I saw the reveal for 1313, I was like, that looks amazing, even though it was CG. Uh, this is also a CG trailer, but just, I just didn't have any excitement for it. Um, I don't know if it's because, uh, like Greg was saying, you know, we've been bitten before, or I don't know if it's because um, it was set sort of nearer to like the prequels, um, and they just sit really badly with me, the prequels. So... Um, I don't know, but I like Respawn. Um, I've recently been playing Titanfall 2 again, which is just a fantastic game. Um, and obviously Apex is great, uh, and they sort of kind of reinvented the Battle Royale thing. So I have a lot of hope for it. Um, I have a lot of faith in Respawn. Um, but as it stands, I'm just not that excited for it just yet. But, you know, I'm hopeful. Fair enough. I think I'm about on the same level as you, to be honest. Um, I think the trailer was fine. It was fun. Um, it's going to be a very dark story. They seem to sort of delve into um, the kind of darker stories when they go off the beaten path with the story, sort of away from the uh, away from the Skywalker saga. Everything that kind of is linked towards it seems very bleak and very dark, and um, there doesn't seem to be a kind of a joyful story to to be told. Uh, it would be nice in- if they. Um... We've had the prequels, we've had Rogue One uh, and the sequels, so it would be nice if they kind of, I don't know, maybe put somewhere just before Rogue One, so, you know, it, it just sort of bridges that gap a little bit more. I don't know, it's just setting just after Clone Wars, or is it Clone Wars? Uh, or something, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, I think, because um, they were talking today about uh, The Mandalorian, which is the series that's coming to 
uh, Disney Plus, and that's set after Return of the Jedi. Uh, so there seems to be, you know, a lot of filling in gaps. But again, that looks really bloody bleak and dark as well. It's like Game of Thrones, but Star Wars. You know, it just seems, it seems, you know, on paper, that sounds amazing. But it just, I don't know. I just want like a, I want like a Banjo-Kazooie-esque Star Wars game, to be honest. <laughs> something, something with a bit of levity in it. Uh, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I didn't actually like Rogue One. Did you not? Nah. Jesus. Oh, you're weird. Let's not go down oh. this <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll get into I, the movies I, in a second. Yeah, but it's um, it's yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, we, I have faith in respawn. Respawn are terrific, um, and they very rarely let let you down. Uh, Titanfall two, you know, its campaign, it, it's a drum that's been beaten a lot, but it just came out of nowhere and was absolutely superb. Um, so I have faith that they can do a strong um single player story. So I guess I mean, there's so little known about it so far. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, it's out on November fifteenth. Um, you can already pre-order it. The pre-order went up like five minutes after the reveal, which I guess that was is... a surprise. It's coming out this year, to be fair. Wasn't expecting yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they said. That's what they said at EA Play last year that it was due this year. So, I mean, I mean, who knows? We got the the uh, the back end of this year is slowly filling up and stuff. So, um, I'm sure it will do well. It's coming out like the same week as um, Disney Plus launches with that Star Wars series, and a couple of weeks before. Um, episode nine so but so uh, we shall see i mean until gameplay is, is revealed i don't think i can be hugely hyped for it i'm not gonna go and pre-order it on the back of a cg trailer i think that's crazy so um yeah, yeah, also, yeah also i think if if the the trailer was any indicative of the engine they're using i don't think respawn was forced to use frostbite so i think in terms of actual development cycle if they're actually using unreal they could probably be able to build something that's actually playable um and they're not going to run to as many hiccups <laughs> as as other dev teams you know bioware um dice well not, maybe not so much dice but bioware has run into with with frostbite so if they're actually using unreal to build this game i, I think uh, i think it's promising that we'll, we'll be able to see something I, at least I, at ea play i believe it's been confirmed that they aren't using frostbite uh, i think i saw that on twitter yesterday um that they they are not having to use frostbite for this game so Awesome. Um, yeah, quite quite um, freeing of EA, I guess. Um, you know, not having to force all of their developers to use their proprietary. Mm. Do you think? Um, do you think after the um, after the massive fallout of Battlefront Two, do you think that they have kind of turned over a new leaf in terms of developers and Star Wars and gone? You know what? Just 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 make something and do what you want, and then we'll uh, we'll just uh, take a back seat on this one. Do you think they're um... less hands on now because of what happened with Battlefront Two? I, I, I'm going to say yes and no because I think if because Disney came out on the record saying that they were okay with the way that EA was handling the license, um, but I think I don't necessarily want, I, I don't want to attribute them making a, a engine switch based on the EA properties, but I think they it was a very sobering moment when they saw what went wrong with Anthem, where they're like we're gonna let, <laughs> we're gonna let another internal team use a different engine to build this game because we we don't want this to we don't we don't want to repeat history so i i think it was less about disney it was more so like oh we forced this very talented team to use an engine that they're unfamiliar with and then we pulled a number of you know really critical um team players off to work on other projects um i because I, I, you know if disney was like you guys fucked up 
we're we're actually strongly considering moving or removing you know kind of voiding our contract with you being the exclusive license holder to produce games i, I think it was more so like they saw at a very high level the troubles that were ha happening with anthem they're like listen we're not going to put respawn through the same bullshit like you guys do what you got to do put a game out um because despite all kind of the the critical outlash against battlefront 2 the game to a certain extent still performed pretty well so that's because uh, the game is fucking brilliant and i you know i'm going to go on record here and i'm going to say that most of the fucking bullshit that came out around the battlefront 2 the the but the, the whole fucking loot box thing was utter shit and it was all cooped up by youtubers looking for fucking controversy and it was one youtuber in particular i'm not going to call his name because it makes me fucking sick but the the guy really fucking needs to wind his neck in because seriously the that game the the loot boxes were far, by far and away one of the least um intrusive things about loot boxes in in this entire thing you know you've got shadow the the warner brothers are putting them into single player games that you know of all of the games that were including them this was the least intrusive and it was the fact that i played the game for eight hours and i had unlocked everything eight hours nobody was fucking like who the fuck was complaining about that <laughs> sean it's, it's funny i think i know who you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I get, I, I, I just, I understand, right? That when you get a game and you see these microtransactions and you see these loot boxes, you, you can, you can freak out. But I mean, all you got to do is play the game and experience it for yourself. The same fucking thing happens with Assassin's Creed. You know, I was really surprised when Capcom released this whole, you know, um, shortcut to all of the rewards um, download, and the entire internet did not, not go into some kind of shitstorm about it because they did about every other one. You know, the whole XP level in Assassin's Creed, the whole fucking maps in Far Cry, they, they, they fucking lose their mind because of some kind of 99p purchase. And you've got to get these fucking YouTubers like the quartering that are fucking... Ah, oh, sorry. But yeah, no, I'm sorry, but that game is so much better than what it was given credit for. And so many people were put off by hyper, hyper, hyperbole about stuff that really wasn't in the game. Yeah, no, you know, it, it... Yeah, and to your point, like it, it really is like it's that, it's that vocal minority that creates this egregious signal boost, kind of leaning towards one opinion, and it really like for me, like I I bought Battlefront two, I played it and I liked it, but you know there there are there, there's a handful of we'll call influencers um, that kind of amass this army of people, and they just. Yeah, it, it really it, it kind of it casts a really negative shadow on a game that otherwise is is really good and enjoyable. But people just kind of they're looking like there's so many lines in the water, and they just bite on that one hook that is going to give them some kind of satisfaction, make them feel like they're part of the conversation. When in reality, they they don't really know what they're talking about. They're just they're just kind of aping someone else's opinion. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> You would not believe the this like every time that game is brought up, I still hear the exact same argument from people that have never picked it up, from people that don't know that how how good that game is to play. Like it's the perfect Star Wars simulator, you know, the the fact that they they have a reticule for storm stormtroopers that gets bigger the longer you fire, because you are getting shitter at aiming because you're a stormtrooper. That is fucking brilliant. 
Like, it's, that's actually really so, funny. I didn't know that was I didn't know that was a thing actually. Yeah, it's it's they 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 like that is the most authentic Star Wars game I have ever played, and I I have played, you know, almost all of them, and um, you know, it is so good, and just the fact that it got so steamrolled over something which you could completely ignore was, uh, sorry, it just it just boils my blood. <laughs> I haven't played it because I heard it was shit. No, <laughs> oh my god! See, <laughs> get him, Sean. Get him. Go on, get him. Now, all I'm going to say is, if you can pick it up for whatever price it's going for nowadays, I haven't seen it on sale for a while. But if you do get it on sale, seriously, I will give you a game. I will sit and play with you because that game is one of the best multiplayer shooters I have played in a long time, and it's one of the most genuine Star Wars recreations. You know, you get a real feel of being in a Star Wars battle. You know, even even the prequel stuff, and you know, it's it's so good, really good. Shame about the Microsoft Jackins, though, isn't it? Fuck you. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I played through the campaign of Battlefront Two, and yeah, it was fun. I mean, it wasn't it didn't blow my mind, but it was fun. And you know, the single player campaign didn't. You know, obviously, there was no nothing to do with the um the the, the uh, controversy. Um. But it was entertaining. You know, it didn't rock my world. I didn't realise Sean had such love for it, actually, to be honest. I think that was that was something that's that's only just come out today. Why have we played it before? You, you haven't played that game yet. I, I don't know. Okay. I, honestly. I I don't I, I noticed this is the thing with like having us reviewing games, the fact that when we actually latch onto one and we actually really love it, it's so hard to get any of us together because Paul's off playing, you know, <laughs> something else. You're reviewing something. Greg's reviewing something. Tim, I don't even know where Tim's on Xbox. Like, I can't... <laughs> yeah, I can't... I'm on. I'm on. I'm on both. But also, I think. I think the biggest thing for us is just pretty much boils down to the time difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are a good. Are you eight hours different? Uh, five. five. Five hours. Five. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's difficult, you know, but you know we should really talk about these things. How much we love these things. <laughs> oh, I agree completely. Yeah, I agree. If anyone should get more love, it's uh, Battlefront 2 because it has been buried. Is the um is is the um does the YouTuber you're talking about does does his name rhyme with uh, Dim Burling? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. I didn't want a name. In <laughs> uh, I've actually I actually I met I met Dim Burling. What did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, E3 E3 2012 at a uh, DMC Devil May Cry panel. Nice. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. Did you ever meet his brother Jim? Uh, maybe. Everybody's talking about me. So, full stop. Yeah, and here we are talking about him. And I, I, I have a major problem with YouTubers and media reactions, and it, it's one something that's kind of started seeping into the mainline gaming press that when something happens. They need an op-ed about it up about like in within minutes, and you know press has always been has been reasonably factual. But then you know you've got to the point where yes, there are controversies, but they need to be given the amount of attention that they deserve. So when you're talking about asset flipping, an asset flip, yeah, was game of the year last year. You know you you, it, it it's like, and you've got this entire. Fan base that rails against asset flipping as if it's something that's really, really bad. But you know, 
you look at um, Player Unknown's Battleground, that's an asset flip. But it's one of the most fucking ingenious things that, you, that that's come out of this industry in the last couple of years. The whole, you know, it's it spawned an entire genre. But, you know, this, this YouTuber's following seems to think that, you know, asset flipping is a really bad idea. No, it's just buying fucking assets from a store and using them in a game in a way that you want to... Of course, not all of them are good, but fucking some of them are really good. And, you know, you can't you can't argue with these things because of the knee-jerk reaction to it. And I, I see a massive disproportion to the controversy and the response it gets these days. And it really pisses me off. So I'm sorry if I've caused offence to anyone, but... Um, yeah, that's what I'm asking. No, no need to apologize, man. Like it, it's it, we we see, you know, I'm, I'm not as vocal on Twitter about games as as the rest of you guys are, but yeah, I, I, we we all observe this dogpiling, and it's just it, it's not it's these individual think tanks who uh, they're these people. Like I said, like it's about like throwing fish, like throwing hooks in the water. Like they can't generate their own opinion, so they find something that is like forty-five to fifty percent in line with what they're actually thinking and they're they're too scared to formulate their own opinion so they just they pile on and it's just like this yeah it's it's egregious like there's so much vitriol around games but it's it's all a medium that we love that we enjoy partaking in but people are so quick to just fucking just go off the rails and just bash something because they saw a video and they're like oh all right well i I guess i guess that makes sense so I'm, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna adopt this line of thought and yeah, it's it's unfortunate. If if people had enough confidence in themselves to generate their own opinions and and think the way they want to think, I I think you know Twitter, for instance, would be a, a much friendlier place because you you at least be seeing unique opinions rather than someone's like, oh, I saw Bim Sterling's video, or Bim Burling's, sorry, <laughs> and like and like you know I, I saw this video and I'm like, yeah, oh, damn, the game's up. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna dogpile, and that's what people do, and it, and it, and it's it's fucked up, and it sucks. But you know, there's it, it, that really that's a testament to to the to the current climate, you know, and and it's and it's unfortunate because you know we've all we've all been around. We're not, we're not spring chickens. We've been around long enough. We've seen you know real thought, real discourse, and it's kind of devolved into something that's we can't re- we can't relate to. And so when we we kind of see this this kind of massive outlash we're just kind of like what the fuck is going on like, this doesn't make any sense to us so that's jedi fallen order uh which is coming <laughs> november 15th it's exciting uh, more star wars news uh non-gaming uh but we did finally get a trailer and a name for uh star wars episode 9 which is going to be called the rise of skywalker which is in, which is interesting considering this is meant to be the last skywalker movie so I don't know what that's about. But the trailer looked pretty damn sweet. I'm going to take this over to Paul Collett because, you know, it's Paul. And I have to find out what you thought about this trailer. So go for it. <laughs> well, I thought it was a bit shit. It was... Uh, I've got a real problem with uh, these pre- uh, sequels. Well, out of your fucking mind, sir. But carry on. Yes, I know. Um, I, yeah, I have, a, I have a problem with these, these sequels. They just... Um, they seem to be like, like a bit all over the place. Um, sort of, I, I don't know. It's like it, so let's take let's take the Force Awakens, and you had uh, um, uh, Kylo Ren who was stopping fucking laser beams with the Force. Like, what a powerful dude! 
Um, but that was about all you see him do. Uh, he's not really fought anybody. He kind of gets knocked out a couple of times and gets treated like a sport teenager. And that's it. And it's just like, that's a waste. And Ray uh, is just, I don't know. I don't know. There's been no continuity between it. It just seems a bit jumbled up. And I'm really pissed off that that Han and Luke didn't get their kind of interaction um, and all these old characters. Whether you kill them off in the first uh, first. Uh, film or not, it doesn't matter. As long as they all got together and had that interaction, but it's just I don't know. They, I, I, it didn't excite me. Um, I, I still have no care for any of the characters really. Um, but it's Star Wars, so I'm a little, you know, I like Star Wars, but it just I, I, I don't like the way that they've gone uh, with these sequels, especially after the last film, which I know some people like, some people dislike. I didn't like it personally. Um, I know it's just weak um, and I didn't like it and so it's kind of put a, a dampener on this film for me a little bit but we shall see it is Star Wars so you know you have to be a little bit excited but not a lot does uh, does the return of uh, Lando and uh, what well, assumedly is Emperor Palpatine does that not get your retro juices flowing well this is see, see I mean Lando looks great um, but I don't understand why they couldn't put Lando it's like so you had Han Solo and Leia in the first, Luke in the second. Oh, who's left? Oh, yeah, Lando. Let's throw him in there just to give it a bit of, you know, old school vibe. You know, it, it just, you know, and the laugh at the end, you know, it didn't really, um, I just thought, you know, we all thought he was dead. He could have stayed dead. There's no reason for him to be come back because they're trying to move away from it. And it just, it's all over the place. I think, I think that the middle film, was it called? Fallen, whatever it's called, basically just fucked it all up. The, the rise of the, the last uh, Jedi. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, uh, that fucks it up. Force Awakens was okay. It's a good kind of Star Warsy film. It set the set the tone. And then the second one just went, what the fuck? And then the third one's got to try and play catch up. And so I'm hoping they got, they got it sorted out because JJ Abraham's in, you know on board in that. But um, I don't know it just seems a little bit kind of like desperation to fix mistakes of the past film. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> but let, the, the middle film, the past, the, the you know, that's what, that was just a fuck up, you know. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just a film. It's a film. The good Star Wars it's got great music, you know, it's Star Wars, but it just doesn't. I don't know. I, I think, I think what's happened with um, Disney got the Star Wars license, and then they're just rinsing it. Obviously, to make some money out of it. And I think one of the things that made Star Wars so special was the fact it was just those three films. Uh, originally, uh, you know, everyone's ah, oh, Star Wars is great. I wish I hadn't made another one, but that's all it should have been. It should have been a wish. I should have left it at that. No prequels, no sequels, spin offs, maybe, but you know, I don't know. I find it hard to get excited by it, which upsets me because I like Star Wars. Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite of Paul, really. I actually quite liked Last Jedi. I, for me, was, was a great Star Wars movie. And see, I, I went and watched it with, um, the first time and then I went online and saw what the criticisms were and I, I did that thing of buying into when you hear other people moaning about it and you go hey yeah you're right I didn't like that and then that kind of biased my view on it and I'm just going yeah these bits were shit and then um someone asked me if I want to go and watch it again and I did and I went sort of and watched it without the other bits in my head and watched it a second time and went no no some of these things do make sense like alright yeah the Canto Blight bit was a bit sidetracky but and flying layer was a bit you know weird but flying layers just really pissed me off so much i mean oh my why? god why well, why well why is she flying 
Why is she in space? <laughs> I think the bit. I think the bit that kind of annoyed me. Not, not that she did it. It's just that it has been explained somewhere in law that she did do some force training before she focused more on being uh, wherever she was, commander, general, bombardier. Can't remember her name. Um, but it's never explained <laughs> in the film. Bombardier it's, <laughs> it's never explained in the film that she's she's done. She's had some training. It's just kind of assumed. So if you haven't kept up with it and she starts playing this Mary Poppins in space, you think, how would what? How would you have known her to do that? But it's Star Wars. It's a film made for kids, and some adults get very attached to it. And you think, it's a space opera. If you just watch it as a film, as a saga, it's good. If you start nitpicking every single film you watch, you know, you're going to be there for hours. Uh, it's not so much about nitpicking. It's just, it's just, it's, I don't know, like, Ray, for example, she, she is literally just turned into a Jedi master, more powerful than anyone. In, in like a blink of an eye, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like well, Luke, no... Luke didn't finish his training, so yeah, I know, but but I don't know. It just over the three films, it looked like a lot of time had passed in the three original films, but these new sequels, uh, they look like they filmed one after the other, so there's not a lot of time passing. So it looks like she just picked up the lightsaber, to, hey, check me out, does a few cartwheels, um, it's all good, you know, um, and then just beats Kylo Ren, who can stop lasers with his fucking hand. Um, and she's like, hey, man, don't worry about it. It's a bit weird. It's, just, it's a bit flaky. Have you ever thought about why that might be? Why, why she might be a Force user incredibly quickly? That she might be able to beat back somebody like Kylo Ren, who's having Force training from the Sith? Like, have, 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 are those theories in, like mulling through in your head? Or, or it, does that just feel like a major flaw of the film for you? No, it's not so much a flaw in the film. It's just the things like that whole casino scene and the stories of, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, um, the other side characters, that's how important they are. Um, they could have been Finn. taken up yes. more, more, yeah, Finn, sorry, yeah. Um, they could have used that, that, that time more to tell the story of Ray and, and Kylo Ren rather than just sidetrack with all this fucking Disney shit that we don't really want to know about. That whole yeah, story with they, they Finn, paid four billion for this, so they're going to put their Disney shit in, aren't they? Yeah, I know, but that whole bit of Finn in the casino actually had no relevance to the film whatsoever. They they went to this casino to try and find a plan to to do something with a ship or whatever, uh, and then they found out that this this thing they went to get they solved it anyway. So it's it pointless. There's there's no need for it, and I would, I would, I would have much rather learned more about Ray and more about uh, Kylo Ren. Um, and how that developed, rather than have all this kind of nonsense crap. Okay, that, my me, my initial that... hatred for for with the whole uh, Holdo not telling um, Poe the plan, and I, I sort of came out the first time, and I was like, why the fuck didn't you just tell him? It was so much easier. But then I suppose when you watch it again, I think if she had told him, he probably would have flipped out anyway. He seems like that sort of like almost Han Solo-esque brash character that would make a rash decision if she told him the truth and he'd go, no, it's bullshit, and then I'm doing something really stupid. So, you know, I can see why they she didn't tell him. Yeah, I mean, we could be here for hours. Yes, we could. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. The, the initial question, Ross, is yes, I'm looking forward to it. And a bit with Palpatine at the end, and I went, ooh, cool, Palpatine. Um, nice. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Again, I get hype after the trailers because it's Star Wars, and I like the canon films. I mean, the the six, four, five, six onwards, not the prequels. Um, hmm. But I'm looking forward to it. 
Sean. Um, so, a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but I don't think Star Wars has ever been really that good. Um, not like compared to the peak of sci-fi. I've always considered them to be very popcorny films, um, especially since I didn't get to see the original trilogy in the cinemas. I watched them on videotape, and when you watch them on videotape um, 10 years after they released, you know, in your nan's house in front of a tiny little TV, they, they don't, they're, they're not as wowful, they're not as impactful as they were probably on screen. So my attachment to them probably wasn't as strong as a child than, than a bit older than me. Um, but that attachment and that whole thing with, with Star Wars is different for me because Star Wars has never challenged me up until The Last Jedi. The Star Wars has always felt like a really easy ride because after, this, after um, The Empire Strikes Back, where you find out, oh my God, Darth Vader is Luke's father, there is no more surprises. You know what happens in the prequels before you watch the prequels. You don't need to watch the prequels to know what happens. We know what happens in the prequels, but we still get them anyway. They're pretty, they're lovely, they're popcorn films. I still think um, the pod racing scene from um, episode one is really brilliant. Like, excellent. Darth Maul was cool. Yeah. You know, the, the, there, there are things from those films that if you take them out of this universe and you say, this is a sci-fi film, you're like, this is a cool sci-fi film. But, you know, fair enough, they're not great, they're not the fucking, you know, they're not The Expanse, which is a sci-fi show you should be watching if you're not. Um, but they are perfectly passable Hollywood films. And then we got to The Last Jedi, and then it started to challenge people. Because The Last Jedi isn't a popcorn film. It is a transitional film. It is a film that's um, meant to test the, 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 the viewer. Because it is part of an equation. It is the middle part of an equation. There are questions left at the end of The Last Jedi unanswered because they need answering in the third film but i don't think a lot of people who criticize the last jedi are willing to wait for the answers in the third film now the internet is suddenly full of shit birds again going oh the fucking star wars films are shit the last jedi shit the fucking women mary sue's blah 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 fucking you know they are full they, they are full-on backing because what they think is they think that they have won they think that their voice was strong enough that Disney listened to them and said, "Right, we're going to make the start the, the saga about the Star the, the Skywalkers again." The, the fucking trilogy was written like before they they released the Force Awakens. They've always knew where the, these films were going to go. This wasn't a fucking mystery where they were just making it up as they went along. They knew where this would end up. And the fact of the matter is, this middle film that people like take the piss out of um, and get all like ranty about is because it isn't the part equation it's not it's not the full answer to everyone everyone wanted if you got that in the second film then you wouldn't why, why would you go to the fucking third one yeah it's not it's not so much about that of course you know it's a middle equation and there are questions that are going to be asked and you won't get the answers for which is fine and i'll get all that it's just it, it just it was it just seemed so so full of bloat that, that right. it just it just took away I, from the emphasis of what 
the story is about, really. I, don't I, I, could, I could debate you on this, because like, at the end of the day, I agree that that casino part in the middle of the film is slow, is, it seems unnecessary, but I don't know if it's unnecessary yet. I don't know if the characters introduced within that jaunt, you know, the coder, um, Bel, um, Antonio, what's his fucking name's character, the other Mexican actor. Oh, I, I just, yeah. Danny, his... Danny Trejo? <laughs> yeah, Danny Trejo. What... <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. He should be Why isn't he in the Star Wars universe yet? <laughs> Probably is. Um, but we, we don't know if that character might be integral to the third film. He might have had to have a jaunty introduction within the second film for it to work. You can't have just had a you know spy working with the Empire, working on the rebels. They needed to leave that ship to go introduce that character. Maybe who knows? Yes. But, oh, okay, fine. But then okay, well, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a crossover to Avengers. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that 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 really is the question. Is like, where is Star Wars' place in the MCU, and how is it connected? That it's really is happen. the question. <laughs> um. So so to answer the question, yes, I am looking forward to um the rise of skywalker i am not looking forward to the internet's reaction to it because i can almost fucking guarantee that the end of the film will feature a a lineup of force ghosts the same as we got in the return of the jedi and everyone will be like this is what we came to pay for this is what we wanted from the last jedi <laughs> that was the second fucking film in a trilogy dickhead you weren't gonna get that in the fucking second film <laughs> I can um, fucking guarantee it. You, you can always tell when Sean is passionate about something because he's probably sworn more times than Paul ever has in all the podcasts combined. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, I just don't like fucking talking about this because I and I always attract a dickhead, and it's <laughs> anyway. Yes, I imagine. Oh, the, that's the title of this episode. I always attract, attract a dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, I am looking forward to it. I am. Not okay, so so outside of outside of all the fan baiting and all that, Star Wars itself you're looking forward to. The film itself you're looking forward to. I I am because I I just want to see where this went. I wanted to see you know at the end of the day I've been along for the ride. I have I have suspended my disbelief in all of this shit that's been going on until the third film delivers. You know I want to see the trilogy come come to an end. Yep, I can't wait. I'm excited. Ray jumped over a fucking Tie Fighter. How can I? How can you not be excited about that? Yeah, yeah and it's, it's there a could be a chance. That's a, that is just a dummy. Like did in Rogue One, they probably put in a, a bit of footage that would, that, you know, tease you about something, but it's not actually going to be oh, a film. Nah, that, Maybe that, that footage wasn't in, in Rogue One because it was fucking cut to pieces for days before it was released. <laughs> but, but it's still one of the better films out of the whole new one. So oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, don't disagree with that. But I haven't disliked any of them really. Uh, except for so, oh, I haven't. I haven't yeah. hated any of them. It's just I'm perhaps a little bit disappointed <laughs> with them. Should we say? Is that fair? Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're more than allowed to say it. Absolutely, you have every right to say it. That's, that's your right as a free human being. I mean, you're wrong, but you're free to say it regardless. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the rise of Skywalker. Sorry, Tim. What do you think about the rise of Skywalker? Are you in? <laughs> Yeah, not to not not to kind of like belabor the point. Yeah, no, I I I'm kind of to kind of piggyback off what Sean said is like, uh, you know, I'm I'm on for the ride. You know, I've seen I've seen all the movies. I'm just I'm curious to see how it concludes for this particular saga. Um, not like I like Star Wars. I, I'm not 
as invested in the universe as, as some other people might be. But yeah, I, I think it's I think the I think it's going to be entertaining. And, and you know, I guess as a as a moviegoer, you know, it's just you go to see movies that are entertaining. And I think we've all we've all seen movies we've liked. We've all seen movies we haven't liked. But you know, I think by and large, you know, the Star Wars franchise delivers entertainment at the very least. And you know, I think at the end of the day, we have to kind of you know formulate our own opinions as to what we like and what we don't like. Um, unpopular opinion: I actually like Solo. Um, Me too. I, yeah, I, I, just, I, I just don't. I all about it. All right, this is the end of this podcast. I'm sorry, no, I can't put that up. <laughs> but I guess, I guess what I will say about Solo is, I think it's, it's a non-Star Wars person Star Wars movie. If you're mm. not t- terribly familiar with the canon and the backstory, I do think it's entertaining. I do think it, I, I think it, yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the best movie I've ever seen. But I, I found it entertaining as, as a, as a passive Star Wars fan. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Solo really. I mean, it's just <laughs> my, my my biggest issue with it, and I loved, I loved uh, Donald Glover as Lando. I thought that was awesome. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge's droid was amazing, and but it's, I just couldn't see it. The film is so dark, and I watched it again on digital when it came to Sky Cinema uh, about a month ago, and I, it's just, it's, it's shot in a really weird way that everything, every shot is really grainy, and it's really. Like it's lit really poorly, and it, it annoyed me in the film because I couldn't see what was happening. And I thought, well, maybe it's just a screen I was watching because there's one particular screen in my local cinema, but it's quite dark. But then I watched it again, and it's it's the same thing. And so, from a technical standpoint, that's what annoys me about it. I didn't really dislike the story or the characters. It was just I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but for me, it was just it was really off-putting the fact that this there was a real darkness to the whole thing in terms of actual from from a technical standpoint. Yeah, but it, I, it, I haven't even watched it. I just wasn't that interested in it at all. Yeah, it, it could have been one of the. It could have been a, a factor of it being trying to be too artistic or too kind of grungy for its own good. Where it's like, yeah, we're gonna like shoot this really dark, dim lit movie, but like not understanding kind of the ethos of Star Wars, where it's like this is a very vibrant universe, a lot of color, a lot of spectacle. Um, so it, it might have been trying to be too artsy for its own good um, and compromising uh, the end user experience. So the, the people, the, the recipients of the film were kind of like, oh, this is kind of grainy, kind of dark. Like, and, and, and it really, at the end of the day, can kind of take away from your enjoyment. So, no, I can I can totally, I, I totally see that standpoint. But, yeah, that's just me. I mean, Solo is, uh, Solo is, is a good film, but it's a shame it didn't do very well. So it's kind of put a damper on the other side, uh, the other spinoffs. Which is like oh, no. putting off one that one that I really want to see, which is Obi Wan. I want to see Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan again. Um, so I fingers crossed that it does happen again someday. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I love Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. So I'm, yep. if that ever happens, that'd be great. Train spotting next Star Wars. Let's go. Yeah, man. Young things. You were the chosen one. Oh, I love him. I watched him in Christopher Robin last night. What a great film. I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, right. We're running quite long today, so I'm going to cut out the next two things and um, just talk about um, uh, the PSN IDs. We're going back to video games. Yay! Something we can all agree on. Love it. Um, this is very quick, but PSN IDs is now officially a thing. You can now change them uh, thanks Thank to uh, the, Lord. the latest update. And I believe, uh, Greg, you have indulged in this particular uh, I have, thing. yes. And how it was, was a pretty the, seamless process. Was the process? Yeah, I, was, I was, just, was just about to ask, how was the process? Yeah. 
it, easy as pie. Um, it's quite funny because you, you go to your settings and you, I did it through console. So you go settings, online ID, uh, change ID, and it does the Xbox thing of, hey, here are some suggested names for you. Donkey Puncher 64, you know, like <laughs> twisted, twisted, twisted cross on. Like, nah, I'm not lacking in imagination enough not to pick my own one. It's fine. Oh, I've you, got some. Oh, you didn't get Donkey Puncher 64? Fuck. Yeah, I know. it sounds like <laughs> the name of a gay club, so I don't really want to run that risk either. <laughs> Um, no, so it's good. I, it's nice because my original one was uh, sort of a take on a name of a band that I like, which I thought was cool 10 years ago. And it just been annoying me because I changed my Xbox one a few times to what I've got now. And it was just, it's just, just annoying. People go, oh, what's your name on Xbox? And it's the same as my Twitter handle. So like Gregaton Bomb, you know, it's not like Megaton Bomb. Da, da, da. What's your PlayStation one? Uh, protest. Sorry, what? Oh, pretty sure I'll, I'll write down for you. Um, so it's nice to have that like ability to change it on the fly again. I mean, the first one's free. It's going to cost you, I think, the same as the Xbox one, so about like eight pound to change it each time. And people are complaining about that, but okay. it's like, yeah, it's it's more than just a cosmetic name change. It's everything that's tied to your account, so there's going to be a handling fee for it. Um, I haven't seen any. Sorry, go on. Have, you, have you come across any um, any hiccups? Has it affected nope. any of the games yet? Nope. Oh, but I have I haven't played because I know that it says like there are there may be some issues with some first party games. There may be some big issues with some of the earlier first party PS4 games. Uh, nope, I haven't I haven't really played any to really try that out yet. Um, it's and they said like it might not carry over to your PS3. So your PS3 might still show your old name. Nope, I've been on my PS3 and it's still fine. I'd like to count myself lucky. Touch wood that nothing has happened. Other than I've now got a a name that runs with every other online name I've got. Excellent. That's good so, news. Yeah, it, it's well, a positive for me. Um, is anyone else going to uh, change their PSN name? Uh, no. Nope. Not the chance. <laughs> All right, there we go. End of end of conversation. But it, at least it's there if you do want to change your PSN name finally. First uh, one's free. Stats. First one's free. To... Bonus. I just want to say what a what a um, an achievement it is for Sony because of how they designed their original database for the PS3 online. Um, it has been an absolute nightmare for them. Um, I've been speaking to a few people behind the scenes and apparently they had it done, so they had a fix for it years ago. But they couldn't implement it because of the PS3. It would almost completely destroy the online um, database for the PS3. So they kind of have been looking at workarounds and they eventually came to a decision where it was like okay we're just going to have to put it through and accept some of the issues that we get and that's where we're at but it's it's been such an immense undertaking for them because this was never so i mean i don't know if you know like databases but the username was the key for almost all of their databases and to change a key in almost every table of your database when you've got such a massive database it is like an impossible job, and they've oh, yeah. done such a really great job. They're such a great job of of like, I mean, I've spoken to a few people that have changed their name, and it is is gone through very seamlessly. The only game that I've heard people have have problems with is Onrush, and they've lost all their progress on Onrush. So, I guess, oh god, no, yeah, yeah I know, um, but you know that's god, that'll uh, keep me up at night. Yeah, no, it's isn't Onrush just... the the game that only you four people played? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so Sean, to your point, uh, someone I'm I'm 
pretty familiar with databases. Yeah, like when I think the reason why Xbox was able to implement this earlier is that they understood that kind of the record ID, kind of that unique identifier was strictly cosmetic. Um, they were able to roll it out quicker, but Sony's backend infrastructure on the database end, um, <laughs> they made the mistake of having the ID be the unique identifier. So um, it could be potentially harmful to a, a an end user's kind of ecosystem. So making that type of switch, they had to be a little more thoughtful. And I, I know there's, you know, the PlayStation blog has a, has a very comprehensive list of potential conflicts that could happen. So um, what I will say is just buyer beware, you know, understand the risk versus reward. If you have like your fucking bong sucker 850, like, yeah, like <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I want that name. It's it's probably yeah, really it's probably it's, it's, it's probably available. Um, but yeah, like just understand, like educate yourself. Uh, understand the risk versus reward. If it if if you have a really kind of shameful name, then yeah, you probably want to change it. Also, if you're if you have no intention of going back and playing legacy titles on your PS3 or your Vita, yeah, go nuts. But I I would encourage all of all of the listeners to do your research, see what you still intend to play and see if there's going to be any uh, kind of downstream effects before you change your name. But if, if your name's really that fucked up and you want to change it, then you have to just kind of be okay with whatever the outcome is. But I, I would hope moving forward, you know, Sony, you know, realizes that this has been a, a huge ask for a number of years from, from the PlayStation audience and that when they're designing the architecture for, for their next console, that the name is strictly cosmetic. It's not, it's not so critically tied to, to the infrastructure of your entire account. Um, and I, I think they've learned their lesson, or at least I hope they did. So that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts. I really hope that the PlayStation 5 just assigns everyone a PSN name. Like, Ross, you are <laughs> Dick Smasher 10. Paul, <laughs> Cockney Valentine. You know, it's just going to... Cockney Valentine. It's just... Just completely does away with with letting you choose. Just fuck fuck your choices. You're here to game, yeah. Not here to <laughs> chat about your usernames. <laughs> Just really gets rid of. Damn, Sean, you're on a mission today, aren't you? Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been a weird weekend, I tell you. When you outswear me, I'll get a little bit concerned. I love Ranty, Sean, and Ranty Paul on the same podcast. Oh, mate, this is gold. <laughs> this is gold. Uh, right. So let's move on then to. Um, our last segment, which is of course the answers for the quiz, and um, I'm not—I don't know—I'm feeling all right, but not great. But we shall—we shall see how it goes. So, uh, I think short... I'm middle, middle ground in this one. Okay. Um, so, question one was: How many game BAFTAs were awarded to God of War at the 2019 award ceremony? And the answer is—I tell you what—I'm going to ask um, Ross. How many did you put down? I put five down. Congratulations! You have the. Oh, yeah. I put, I put, I put six. I put seven. Um, Fuck. Seven. Wow. (laughs) You like Um, that game. So yeah, um, God of War picked up audio achievements, music, narrative, performer by Jeremy Davis, and best game. Okay. uh, Question two. Before releasing No Man's Sky, Hello Games created three side-scrolling racing games about which character, and that character was Paul. Was it Joe Danger? It was Joe Danger. Oh fuck it. Yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, question three. What type of animal is platforming game star Bubsy? Um, Greg. He's a bobcat. He's a bobcat. Congratulations. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did you put, Tim? 
I put Fox. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tails is a fox, dude. Bubsy the Bubsy the fox. Uh, okay, uh, question four in Uncharted Four: Which PlayStation One game does Nathan Drake play? Um, Tim, what have you got for this? Jebodo. No. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the, the answer was Crash Bandicoot. Oh fuck! I knew that. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, question five in Mario sixty four. Why did Princess Peach invite Mario to her castle? No, it was not for the puss puss. It was because she had <laughs> she made him a cake. She made she had baked him a cake. Um, Are you fucking kidding me? I wrote cake. Fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forgot that one. Um, right. Okay. So question six in biology: the SHH protein, which plays a key role in regulating vertebrate orgogenesis, is named after which video game character? The Can go on, Greg. Oh yeah, go uh, on, Ross. Oh god, um, is it Sonic? It is. Sonic. It is. Yes. Oh, boom. Let's go. Well done. Oh yeah, hype, son. Um, so it's, it's Tim Gettys. It's Sorry, a protein. <laughs> <laughs> Tim was wrong. Um, so, um, the the protein is a is a family of three. They are all named after hedgehogs, and the third one didn't have a name. Um, but the the create the person who identified it, uh, his son was reading a comic about Sonic the Hedgehog, and he decided to name it Sonic Hedgehog. There is S H H Sonic Hedgehog, which is cool. Nerd. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the 1992 so question seven. The 1992 puzzle platforming game Pushover was sponsored by which British crisp brand? Uh, any guess? There's guesses. only one, isn't there? There's only Walkers, isn't there? Uh, no. Definitely, what? definitely Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So the crisp brand was Quavers. Yes. Yeah, Walker's own Quavers. God uh, damn it! Got, time. got that one wrong. Oh, was Quavers on? Uh, was Smiths at the time? Is that right? They were, yeah. So Smiths, Smiths, Smiths. Get a point for that. Do you know what? I'll give, I'll give you Smiths because that's bonkers that you know that the Quavers was was. Owned by by Smith's oh. time. Fuck yeah! I'll take I'm not even going to win the the, the, the no prize quiz. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question eight. What is the name of Mario and Luigi's cousin who appears in Donkey Kong Three? Does anybody think they know this? Jeff. Guido. Family, the bug Guido. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Tim has um, just thought of the first Italian name that isn't Mario and Luigi. <laughs> Pepe. So, so yes, the answer is Stanley the Bugman. Congratulations, Stanley the Bugman. Yes. Oh, mate. Question nine: In the original Bioshock game, what phrase does the character Frank Fontaine use to initiate mind control? Um, Brian, mind would, control. Would you kindly give me the answer? Hey, bring me the girl. Wipe away the debt. What? Hey, I see what no, you did there. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, would you kindly? Thank you. <laughs> and so yes, um, Frank Fontaine uses the phrase "Would you kindly" to initiate mind control in Bioshock. Bring um, us the girl, white way to death. Ah, oh, Bioshock Infinite. It's so good. It's beautiful. Okay, uh, question ten in the game Watch Dogs Two. What is the name of the master member of DeadSec? Paul. Wrench. Wrench. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah. Um, question eleven. Low in... clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, question 11. In Mortal Kombat, which character's name is inspired by the real names of the series creators? 
Noob Cyber. Yeah, that's it. Congratulations, Greg. Ed Ed Boone and Thingy Tobias. John Tobias, yeah. John Tobias, that's one. Okay, um, question 12. The recurring Final Fantasy characters Biggs and Wedge are named after which after, after characters from which famous film series? Hint, hint. Paul, uh, Sean's been swearing a lot about it. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Biggs and Wedge are inspired by Star Wars. Um, Biggs, uh, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Cheeks, oh. <laughs> get me my coat. Yes, Wedge, Master Wedge. Prepare the card. Um, Very good, sir. So, <laughs> question 13 What is the name of Commander Shepard's ship in the original Mass Effect game, Greg? The Normandy. Normandy, congratulations. The SS Nerd. Normandy. Yes. Uh, I'll take it either way. Either way. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Sean, Sean, takes it, Sean takes it both ways. Um, <laughs> so question 14 name any two of the three games that have sold more than 100 million units I know now, this Tim, go on hit me with it uh, GTA 5 and Tetris yes uh, does anyone know the third I put Halo Xbox. Combat Evolved I put FIFA no no so Sports. no close yes. really close Wii Sports was really close but it's not Wii Sports um, cleared 100 million because it was built in with the Wii. Uh, yes, but it had, didn't sell 100 million units. Yes, it did because it was it was sold with the console. No, it didn't. No, yes. No, yes, uh, it did. <laughs> no, yes. I, I believe it sold 91 million. No, the, the, the Wii it, it sold. Yeah, it was, they it, weren't it, always it, with it, the Wii, it, though, were they? But it, it wasn't a pack-in for its later later in the life cycle. It wasn't yeah. packed in. And we're taking oh, that one. No, I'm not having this. What was the third one then? Way over 100. So, three games have sold more than 100 million copies Tetris, Minecraft, and Grand Theft Auto. Oh, fuck Minecraft. (laughs) You get a point for one, though. No, you get a point for two. Oh, you slag. So, if you've got (laughs) two of those three, then you are correct. Um, Right, Wikipedia, where are you? Yeah, you go look at Wikipedia. Wii Sports is a 2006 source developed and published by Nintendo for the Wii video. It's selling over eight. Oh. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> Selling 82 million copies. 82. All right. It's close. I'm sorry. Close. That's okay. Um, don't dare question me again. You're <laughs> right. I apologize. <laughs> you dare. Um, you dare, sir. <laughs> um, do you know what? I was, was really panicking then because I was like, shit, yeah, the fucking we spelled some like 111 million cop Like, shit. Um, but no, fair enough. Okay, question 15. In the game Destiny, which voice actor replaced Peter Drinklage as the voice of the protagonist Ghost? Can you can you call him Dinklage, please? <laughs> I don't know where the R came from, but it's Dinklage. It just bugged me the first time, sorry. Oh, fucking hell. Do you know what? I've read that twice. Do you know what? I've gone through my entire life calling him Drinklage. I don't know why. How long have you known him? Okay. <laughs> You know, Sorry, just, just a um, race for nitpick. Right. <laughs> okay, let me try that again. Okay, in the game Destiny, <laughs> which voice actor replaced Peter Dinklage as the voice of the protagonist Ghost, and it was Nolan North. It was. Oh, seriously? Fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. Okay, um, so tot up your scores. Um, let's start with Paul. How did you do, Paul? Uh, I got 10. 10? Yeah. Congratulations. Maybe some 10. How can you be so surprised at that? 
because you sound you sound like you never know the answer. That's why. I don't know as much of anything, but I was wrangled my way through life. You know, it's all good. <laughs> okay, Tim, how did you do? That was a lot of uh, questions. I, I did a eight, eight out of fifteen. That is good. That is a very good score. Um, because that was a hard quiz. I'll be honest. Um, to, uh, let's go with Greg. Shockingly, I got less than Paul. I got nine. Okay. I have, a bone of contention, <laughs> I have a bone of contention about the pushover one because Walker's own Smith. And no, I put Walker's. Didn't <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Uh, uh, you know, no, they didn't because Smith. It's fine. No, it's fine. I'll, I'll, it I'll, like down, I'll suck down. I'll suck down. <laughs> my, uh, I suck down. I suck down my nine with a side of sour grapes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ross, have you have you got a, a ten or above? I got ten. Yeah. Do I need to come up with a trick? Like a uh, no, I'm not gonna... Yes, tiebreaker. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> top me red, Sean. Top me red. Oh, just give it two seconds. Let's leave it there because we're we're we are we are running so long. Yeah, that's fair enough. So we'll uh, we'll drop it there and we'll uh, maybe throw in a tiebreaker next week. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, cool. Well done, everyone. Bravo. Great effort. Thank you very much, Sean. It's a pleasure. Um, if, if you do listen to this um, after the fact and you've got a way of contacting us and let know the score, please do so. Um, it's always fun to get a message on Twitter to say, fuck you, I got three. So <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice. Thank you. Just to finish off then, coming out this week, uh, on the 16th, we have Final Fantasy 10 slash 10.2 HD remaster coming to Switch. Um, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, World War Z is coming to uh, PS4 and Xbox One on PC on the 16th of April. We may or may not uh, be playing that next week, I can't say, but maybe we will, maybe we won't, but we probably will. Uh, on the 16th, My Time at Porsche is coming to consoles, which I'm very excited about, because I played that on Steam earlier last year, and it was awesome. So that's going to be fun. Um, Snooker 19 is coming out on the 17th, uh, which is also going to be a lot of fun. A game that Greg and I played at EGX. You can hear what we thought about it on the previous podcast. Um, so that's coming out on the 17th on PS4 and Xbox One. And uh, the Xbox Wireless controller, the Phantom White one, um, that looks pretty swish, is coming out next week as well. And Ghost Giant on the 19th, which I'm hearing a, a lot of good things about, um, which is a PSVR exclusive coming on the 19th. Um, so, Sean and Paul, if you want a new PSVR game, have a look at that one. That looks pretty Probably. swish. Um, Push Square called it a masterpiece. So it might be worth checking out. Um, Trubabrook is finally out on the 18th, uh, which is a game that I played at EGX Res. I'm very excited about it. It's that game where all the uh, all the locations and the models are all hand built and then rendered into the game. Uh, it's beautiful and it's uh, it's quite interesting. So I'm going to keep an eye on that one. And I think that's about it. Oh no, our world is ended. Is is also coming out as well um, on PS4 and Switch on the 18th. Uh, so if you're into that, then go and get it. Well, that does bring um, an end to this week's podcast, man. It has been intense. Is everyone okay now? We're all calmed down. Yep. In Zeg. There we go. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you, you can, of course, find this podcast on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean um, on any podcast of your choice, except the Google Podcasts, because they don't want us on there. I can't make it happen. I don't know why. It's just not lame. Um, that's just how it is, unfortunately. But you can get it for free on Podbean and, of course, on Spotify and iTunes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter on at finger guns f-n-g-r-g-n-s um all of our individual handles are in the, the uh, description if you want to follow us from there you can follow us on facebook finger guns uk facebook.com forward slash finger guns uk that'd be sweet 
as well because uh, we post a lot of trailers and links to all our stuff there as well every single day. Um, you can also, if you really want to, you can follow us on Patreon. Um, our Patreon is it's quite it's, it's a neat, quiet little happy place of the internet. Um, all of our patrons, uh, their their patronage towards us allows us to keep this podcast live on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, so thank you very much indeed for that. We can't do this without them. So if you feel like we're worthy of your of your one dollar a month or eighty seven p, then do uh, support us over there. That would be fantastic. Everyone that does keeps this place alive. So thank you very much indeed. Next week will just be a uh, a special of uh, Sean and Paul arguing over the Last Jedi. <laughs> Get your straps on. It's going to be an eight-hour epic. Oh, eight hours. Wow, it'll be more entertaining than Star Wars. It'd be great. See, Paul's already started it. That's we'll how start I it. think it's yeah. going, to going to be fine. Uh, so thank you very much, everyone. So it's goodbye from uh, Sean Davies. Toodles. It's goodbye from Greg Hicks. Later. Goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. Goodbye. A goodbye from Mr. Tim Utley. Thank you very much indeed, sir, for your time. Yeah, no problem. Take care, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. Until next time. Goodbye.